We are so glad that you're with us here for Good Karma Wrestling. We have a very special guest with us here, Chicago Zone, William Patrick Corrigan, Billy Corrigan, and the National Wrestling Alliance will be uh, hosting two live shows in Highland Park, Illinois. You say, why Highland Park? Well, because for me as a Chicagoan and across the country and around the world, we found out what happened July 4th, bro. It's, uh, it was uh, a year ago uh, where we had a tragedy, just a senseless mass shooting that took place at a parade uh, in Highland Park. People from all over the area came coming uh, to this great event that they have every year, and there was a massive shooting. So on July 8th, HP Cares for Cooper, a charity show taking place at the Highland Park Rec Center. Also July 9th, the double live taping of NWA Power, William Patrick Corrigan is the president of the National Wrestling Alliance. Billy joins us here on Good Combo Wrestling. Uh, Billy, it's Jonathan and uh, Brian Rowich. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and, uh, and talk wrestling. Always fun to talk wrestling. Yes. Uh, before we get into that, you know, I was saying in the intro, Billy, just about what happened and uh, on July 4th. It's just you You love to be at parades, barbecues, being with family and friends, and then that tragedy happens. Can you take us back? when you? Uh, where were you when you found out the news about what happened in our community? Yeah, I was actually at home. Um, my tea house um, is about a couple blocks away from where it happened. And uh, just before the event, um, this horrible tragedy, you know, I was trying to find out if my tea house was open that day because I was going to go down and have some food. And I got a message back saying, no, it's closed today for the parade. Okay, fine. Next thing I know, there's all these text light in my phone. Did you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened? Um, I mean, just an unbelievable thing. A, a local a local kid, you know, decided to open fire on a, on a crowd of 3,000 people. And uh, Cooper Roberts among them, you know, the youngest victim that day, almost died, um, paralyzed, and um Got so many stories, so many crazy things came out of this, you know, the worst of times and the best of times, you know, the best was seeing the community come together and, and, you know, Highland Park is an incredibly diverse community, very, uh, very liberal, very much concerned about these types of issues before the shooting. So it was particularly a, a, a deep cut as far as what happened here. And, uh, I think the positive thing is the, you know, the affluence of the community has turned into something where people are being very supportive, but there are still people in need. And in the case of the Roberts family, they're still they're still need, needing help. So that's why we decided to do this event. But uh, yeah, it's hard to walk back through that day because um, you know all my experiences are from a distance. You know, albeit only a mile away. Um, you know, but I went through my head a thousand times if I could have done something different. You know, what could I have done? You know, like I think everybody went that day. What does it mean to you from a personal standpoint to see the wrestling community sort of rally behind and sort of help out the cause this up uh, next few weeks? Well, I think that's one thing that uh, oftentimes gets overlooked with wrestling is it's a really interesting way of unifying people. Um, you know, you go to any wrestling show, you see such a diverse crowd uh, from every community coming together because they connect with the, the wrestling talent. And so I thought it was an interesting thing. We, we had done a little bit of a charity fundraiser here a couple of months ago in Highland Park. But with the anniversary coming up and then finding out that the Roberts family needed uh, some additional resources, I thought it was kind of a good thing to put together. Um, this event, which is free, which is interesting. I know we're doing a charity, but we're, we're encouraging donations. And what's been interesting about this, I think we're actually going to end up raising more money because of encouraging people to donate whatever they feel in their heart. We've already had sponsors and stuff stepping up and into the fray to help. And um, I think it's going to be a really fun day. And uh, But we also want people, there are a lot of people in this community that are hurting, uh, you know, economically. Uh, you know, it's not the best time in America for the economy. 
So we want to encourage everybody to come out and support the Roberts family, even if they can't afford to donate. NWATIX.com is where you go. And again, July 8th and July 9th, uh, two big shows in Highland Park. HP Cares for Cooper, the charity show taking place at the Highland Park Rec Center uh, in suburban Chicago. Okay, so everywhere I see you interviewed, Billy, you talk about you uh, being an old school wrestling fan. So I want you to take us back to when you first saw wrestling. When When you say old school wrestling, what are your fondest memories? Well, you know, I, I, I lived with for a time with my grandfather and my great-grandmother, who was about 80 years old. And for some reason, they like wrestling circa 1971. So imagine me at four years old watching Dick the Bruiser, the Crusher, Baron Von Raschke, Nick Bockwinkle, Bobby Heenan, you know, these great legends of, of the sport of professional wrestling. I, I'm just a little kid. I don't even know what I'm watching. All I know is it seemed crazy. Uh, <laughs> I didn't quite understand half of what was going on, but I think that's kind of what I liked about it. It seemed like this this other universe that we were clocking into. So um, I, of course, didn't realize that I was watching some of the best professional wrestling in the history of professional wrestling with some of the greatest stars of wrestling, but also that physical style, um, that NWA slash AWA style of the late 60s, early 70s is obviously very important to me because I've tried to imprint that upon uh, the modern NWA, um, which, you know, you know, and you guys know wrestling. You know, the trend these days is more towards athleticism and uh, high flying and stuff like that, which I'm, I'm a fan of too. But at the end of the day, I got to believe the biggest guy in the room is going to win nine times out of 10. So that's what I'm betting on. When you mentioned the NWA, obviously they hold a special place in wrestling history. Since you took over in 2017, what are you most proud of what you've accomplished with the NWA? I think just picking this thing up off the floor. Um, you know, when I bought it, uh, no less than a, a emissary like Jim Cornette, I think uh, laughed his head off and said, what did he buy? Three worthless letters, something like that. And I love Jim, so there's no heat there. But um, and Jim ended up working out, uh, working for the NWA for a while. Um, but uh, you know, I think bringing back uh, the NWA not only as a brand and now entering its 75th year of continuous operation, but I think also the opportunity to kind of revoice for professional wrestling fans a style of wrestling that, in, for many uh, people, has gone out of vogue. Uh, but I don't really believe that because I heard that same thing when I started in alternative rock. Oh, that style of music you're playing, nobody wants to hear that anymore. Nobody wants to hear loud guitars anymore. We heard all that stuff. And about five years later, we were playing Madison Square Garden. So I still believe that the the style of wrestling, you know, the old AWA, NWA style, you know, whether you're talking about Mid-South or, or the Crockett's or, you know, even Memphis, uh, I think that style is never going to get old. And I think UFC's proven that people like a tough fight. And um, I think I'm going to bring that, that, that style back into the mainstream again. In the era of social media, there's some that don't mind being the heel. Some actually have a problem with people coming after them. I'm just wondering, your locker room, do you have guys or women or men that um, that can embrace being a heel? Some can't take it, Billy, but can they take it, your locker room? Oh, yeah. No, we got a, we got a lot of tough hombres and, and ladies in there. Um, I don't think we go out of our way to court controversy, but I also think we're very proud of, of who we are. Um, and, uh, you know, not everybody agrees, but that's, you know, that's the modern wrestling fan. Uh, part of being a modern wrestling fan is, is getting on social media and voicing your opinion, which is totally fine. Um, I just draw the line on where, you know, the fans book the promotion. Um, I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a fan of the fans book in the card or the promotion. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, in that way, I'm probably the biggest heel of the NWA because I just won't turn the NWA into every other wrestling company that's out there. So speaking of that, one of the things you have to defend yourself as the heel basically is your world champion. You're always asked about that. 
what is that like for you defending your world champion Antares? Well, it's a strange thing, you know. Um, let's start here. I met Tyrus when he was uh, working at TNA Wrestling. We were both working there. He, of course, was talent. And I was in the office. Uh, I didn't like the way he was being used as far as he was being booked. He certainly didn't like it. And I got to know him as a human being. I got to know you know, the man behind Tyrus, you know, the, the real life man who, you know, uh, you know, grew up in Compton, you know, was Snoop Dogg's bodyguard, uh, went through a lot of adversity you know, was turned in the WWE into a, into a dancing character, which of course got over, but it wasn't necessarily where his heart was at. You know, his, his, his love is for Dusty and, and Gorilla Monsoon. And so to cast him as a modern uh, superstar uh, in an era of diversity, in an era of obviously heightened political uh, tension, uh, he can take it, I can take it, and as I've tried to say, and I tried to say it to the New York Times, maybe I didn't say it as artfully as I would, would have liked in, in hindsight. But at the end of the day, if people are afraid of, uh, I was going to say it the English way, controversy. Uh, <laughs> if people are afraid of controversy in wrestling, I don't know what they're doing in wrestling. I mean, wrestling is about heat. And, uh, and George Murdoch, the man they call Tyrus, he brings the heat. Uh, he's on you know, one of the biggest uh, late night shows in the world. He carries proudly the NWA title on his shoulder as world champion. And uh, and I, I'm, I'm willing to go into battle with that man because I know that man. And um, and so if people want to come at us at, on it, that's fine. But at the end of the day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that Tyrus is going to beat up your guy nine times out of ten. So if in your world you want to believe you're 5'7", you know, super high-flying, you know, Meltzer 18-star match guy can beat up my 6'7", 375-pound guy, you go right ahead. I'm not living in that reality. I'm living in the other reality. So, Billy, I'm trying to figure out the business model for the National Wrestling Alliance. I kind of look at it as you as a performer, right? It's kind of like, are you looking at small stage and then working your way up to bigger stages where it's like, hey, if we can be able to, to draw a crowd here, as we move forward, we'll be into bigger buildings. Is that how you look at it, like a band in a small stage and then moving forward? I, I love that you asked that question. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to easily answer because um, there are a lot of strong independent wrestling organizations in the world. I would say anything below uh, New Japan, AAA, AEW, or WWE, you could classify as, as, a, as a top tier independent or a second tier independent. And I don't mean that as a slight. We're just talking about economics. I want the National Wrestling Alliance to be up there and competing at the top level with WWE, New Japan, AAA. Uh, and, and AEW. Uh, so everything we're doing is to get ourselves prepared for a bigger run at a higher level, which seems counterintuitive to a lot of the crowd that follows the independent scene. But um, that's exactly what we're here to do. So uh, what we can do and how we can do it at, at a ground level, you know, there's lots of argument there to be made. Part of it is economic. Part of it is trying to build, you know, the product up from the ground up. Um, part of it is even delineating that our wrestling product is far different than just about every other company out there. For you, obviously, the talent is what helps make the product get out there. You've had some young talent come through there, go on to big things, Ricky Starks being one of them. Who's some of your young talent now that fans should be on the lookout for? Uh, the Page sisters, uh, Kylie and Kenzie. One's about 22, the other's 19. Uh, trained by Dr. Tom Pritchard. Unbelievably tough and physical. Uh, that's what we want in our in our both uh, our male and female division, but particularly our female division might be the toughest, most physical division in all of professional wrestling. Uh, Carrie Morton, son of Ricky Morton, 
absolute future legend. Um, that's his nickname, but I'm telling you, he's a stone cold a lock on that. That guy has all the intangibles. And plus, he grew up with his father in his ear. Uh, not a bad place to start. Thrillbilly Silas Mason, uh, about a 6'7", 240 heavyweight, uh, very skilled. Uh, Alex Taylor, another uh, uh, young, uh, you know, uh, cruiserweight, very, very skilled. Almost kind of reminds me of, uh, of uh, um, gosh, Tully Blanchard. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Alonzo, who's from Chicago, also very skilled, a cruiserweight. Um, gosh, I mean, there's a lot of people. We have a lot of talent. We're a very big roster. Um, we have a lot of talent coming through the door. And, and we have a lot of veteran leadership, which really helps, I think, with steering that ship. Um, yeah, really, really exciting stuff there. Billy, what is the future uh, for television? I remember in the Lagana days when he worked with you, he said, you know, television is not the end all be all. We're working towards something. So what does it look like for the future for streaming or television for the NWA? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to just about everybody in the sphere over the last few years. Um, you know, for a while I was in discussions with WWE when, when they were more interested in bringing outside content onto the network. That didn't happen. Um, they were very cool about it, though. So, you know, nothing but love there. Um, I've talked to every major platform in the world. Uh, you know, I don't have to roll the names out because I, I wasn't able to necessarily get those deals done. Um, I, I think everything from here is, is we have to find, you know, network uh, uh, broadcast partners. Um, and, you know, we have some good news coming up. Uh, I think that it will uh, surprise and, and, you know, get some people talking as far as where we're going. Um, but at the end of the day, and, and, and uh, you know, Dave Meltzer is not my friend. And of course, if you're a wrestling fan, you know, Dave Meltzer is. But I do agree with Dave Meltzer on one thing, which is like, if you don't have TV at the higher level, uh, you're going to have a, tr a hard time drawing. And so I think at the end of the day, wrestling always works in conjunction with television. We have a very robust uh, YouTube channel where we put all our programming these days. And we still partner with Fight On or pay-per-views. Um, and our numbers are pretty good on YouTube. So there's nothing to sneeze at there. But until you can reach that larger public vis-a-vis uh, -vis broadcast, whether it's digital or, you know, classic uh, old school networks, you know, you're going to have a time a hard time really growing. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We're right on the precipice of that. We just saw AEW New Japan team up. You guys are coming down my neck of the woods, teaming up with Boca Raton Championship Wrestling July 19th. In the wrestling world, how much do companies teaming up sort of help each other and raise up the game? I, I love it. I wish there was a lot more of it. Um, I've tried to encourage it with other people in the, in the space. Uh, everybody likes to kind of run their kingdom the way they want to run it, which is fine. Um, but I, I really think in terms of the fans, the fans miss out on a lot of great matchups and things that could happen. Um, and so I think that's unfortunate sometimes where, let's call it, say the ego of the thing gets in the way of, uh, what's best for business and what's best for fans. But again, um, uh, you know, I'm not in their boardrooms and they're not in mine. So, but I certainly would like to do more, uh, collaborative efforts, um, Boca Raton, like you mentioned coming up here on July 19th. I think that stuff is cool. I think it's, you know, for us as a company, we get to work with other people, uh, and we like doing that. And also we get to look at a lot of talent that maybe we, we wouldn't necessarily see. Um, you know, there are a lot of independent talent out there. Sometimes it's hard to sort through, you know, different matches and, and decide who's who, depending on whether or not that match was the best representation. I remember in TNA when they used to bring in wrestlers and I, I didn't understand why they didn't insist on people coming in. Sometimes you just got to see people in the flesh to really understand what somebody brings to the table. Sometimes television doesn't always sort of uh, a camera doesn't always denote what somebody's got. Um, and we found some people just by doing these kind of collaborative things. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. So. If anybody's out there on the independent side and wants to work with us, we're, we're very open for business.
Billy, in the old school, they'd always say, if New York's doing well, everyone's doing well. That's old man Vince McMahon, and that did, in which if New York's doing well, Mid-South's doing well, NWA's doing well, Dallas and the, uh, the Von Erics, Oregon, all these other places. So how do you look at the, the business right now as New York and AEW and others are doing well? What about the rest of the business? What do you think? I think, uh, honestly, if you want to look at it from a sort of a 50,000 point, uh, 50,000 foot point of view, I think this is the biggest the business has ever been. I think, uh, 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 sorry, <laughs> there's so many letters. The WWE partnering with UFC and Endeavor, I think that's going to change the game like in ways that I don't, I don't think anybody can imagine yet. Uh, when you look at the contracts that are going to be available to talent, top tier talent, uh, with with those people in the mix, the cross brand opportunities, the ability to be put into bigger movies and reach a, a greater audience vis-a-vis their connection to UFC, I think sky's the limit for what's coming for professional wrestling. It will put a lot of pressure on a lot of the other companies to try to keep up, but I think it also blows open doors. Uh, and let's put it this way. When I would have meetings with people uh, on, on networks about five years ago, they would literally shake their heads and say, why do you want to be involved in this crazy business called professional wrestling? Why don't you just stick to music? You're obviously having a good run there. And I'd say, I really do believe there's a there's a business opportunity here. And, and I wasn't working. I, I really do believe it. And now that these deals have gone through and certainly the success of AEW to build a, a, a competitive brand against WWE, people take me a lot more seriously when I have those meetings. Uh, despite the people that would listen to your show and, and the world that I work in, most of the world does not pay attention to professional wrestling. Uh, you know, they, their, their connection is Hulk Hogan in 1984 with Cindy Lauper, you know, so you have to translate to them how it, it still means good business, how it has robust social media. And so when you see those bigger headlines that you've seen over the last couple of years, that goes a long way towards making the case that I'm trying to make. When it comes to the music industry, when you first got involved in wrestling, what was the biggest thing you looked at and said, oh, this is just like music and it sort of helped you in your career? Honestly, I think uh, the thing that's most, most been advantageous to me is I really understand what it's like to be a talent. Now, I don't understand what it's like to be a talent in a wrestling ring, although I've done a few things. But um, I understand what it's like to show up at a building at 10 o'clock and sit around and wait and then be told one thing and another person tells you another. So communication is really important. Uh, trying to put yourself in the talent shoes. A lot of wrestling companies try to kind of keep a big separation between the office and the talent. And there are reasons for that. Uh, the politics can get thick at times. But I think going out of your way to make sure that people understand, try to get everybody on the same page. And, and, and as I often say to talent, look, I understand. I understand what it's like to sort of have to deal with the boss. But in this case, I'm the boss. You can come talk to me. We can communicate these things out. And I think that's what's built a really good locker room and a really good culture inside the NWA. And I think that's what allowed, has allowed us to attract a lot of young talent that have heard about the reputation of NWA. And they've decided to put their stock with me and, and the company at, uh, at Wide because they want that opportunity to position them for, for either a greater opportunity with the NWA or maybe even a greater opportunity elsewhere in the business. And we don't have a huge problem with that because if somebody grows outside the bounds of the NWA, well, I always say that's a talent to us because we've done that together with the talent. Okay, Billy, last thing we have for you, and we appreciate your time. Is there a, a certain wrestling phrase that you use, uh, like in your personal life or in your music life? Like, do you use, use the word kayfabe? <clears throat> do you use that term? Or I'm over. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, as Tommy Dreamer once told me, it's all the work. And in, in, in the in, inimitable way of Tommy Dreamer, what he was trying to say is all of life is, is a work. The government's the work. The grocery store is the work. Uh, 
I'll tell you a quick funny story. So one time I went to see Tommy when he was working for the WWE and mm -hmm. we came out of the, the bowels of the arena. We walked up the ramp and there were a bunch of fans at the top of the ramp and they're all screaming at Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, Tommy. And he doesn't look at all. And I, and I, we got about a hundred feet past the fans. And I say, you don't acknowledge the fans. And he looks at me, he goes, never sell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's, so keep in mind, bro. It's like in our offices, we're usually using wrestling for terms. People don't know what we're talking about, but right. we know what we're talking about because we talk carny. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's Listen, is. it's 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 a life lesson to work in the in the in the carny business. Um, you learn a lot about human nature. You learn a lot about who your friends are and who your friends aren't. Um, you know, it's funny. One last thing, if you don't mind, is uh, mm -hmm. when I first started working in professional wrestling, I made the mistake, and I say that in quotations, of using a wrestling term on Twitter or something, and one of the writers had to go at me. You know. Because he was mocking, you know, that I that I had, you know, here I am working for a major company and he was mocking that I that, that I deigned to use a, a carny phrase in public, you know, that I that I didn't have the right. And uh, and I and I said and I wrote the guy back and I said, look, you know, the funny thing is the other day I found that they had stuck a kick me sign to my back and I'm so stupid. I don't even know what I'm doing here. And that that sort of, you know, that sort of lowered the temperature. And then the guy actually had a real conversation with me. And I said, look, man, I'm just I'm just trying to make my way here. Um, you know, wrestling doesn't take very kind to people coming from the outside. And, and despite my celebrity status, whether it was me in ECW in 1999, 2000, or me walking through the, into, into TNA about, you know, eight, eight years ago, nine years ago, you know, when you come in as an outsider, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've, you know, made your name. If you haven't made it in wrestling, they, they look at you kind of sideways. And so at this point, I'd like to think after 10 years of working in professional wrestling, I've definitely earned my stripe. Uh, you know, I put my money where my mouth is in running, you know, big events, you know, this charity events, a big event, you know, um, we're doing it for the love of our community and, you know, for the love of the Cooper and the Roberts family, you know, that's, that's the stuff that really matters. So whether or not I'm allowed to use kayfabe in the office, you know, I don't know, but, uh, but I'm certainly working in professional wrestling. That's for sure. NWATIX.com is where you go. And again, July 8th and July 9th, the NWA is coming back, the National Wrestling Alliance. And again, this is for a special cause. Uh, Highland Park Cares for Cooper, the charity show at Highland Park Rec Center on July 8th. And of course, July 9th, uh, double live TV taping of NWA Power. So that's always fun. Uh, William Patrick Corrigan, as always, we appreciate it. Come on back. We'd love to have you again in Good Karma Wrestling. Yeah, thanks a lot. And, and real quick plug, uh, we didn't have all the talent on the 8th, but we have a bunch of talent coming in the 9th, and Vampiro will be in for that show too. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you so much.